However, we got to the top, and when she opened the front door of the flat, we found the chain was on. She said, There now, wouldn't he choose tonight to go to bed and forget I was out? It occurred to me that he might have chosen the same night to want to know what time she came in. As it happened, we were both wrong. He hadn't gone to bed, and he didn't care when she came in. In fact, when he appeared, which he did after we'd rung and knocked for about ten minutes, he didn't even know who she was. We had to tell him several times. In other words, Mr. Javorsky was rather Blindino. We managed to persuade him to take the chain off and let us in. He had on a brown velvet smoking coat, very greasy and moth-eaten. He couldn't ever have been much to look at, rather the monkey type, but with a nose like a parrot. It seemed a little strange that any Englishwoman could have married him. He must have been his music. When we got inside, he insisted I was Charles, and there was a proper row. It was largely lost on me because it was all in Polish. There was a word he kept calling me. Oh, a terrible word. He seemed to change gear twice in the middle, and it apparently meant a sort of Don Juan. She was very indignant about this, also in Polish and she made him substitute another word, with three changes of gear in it, which suggested a man more like Don Quixote. But I know which of the two I would rather be. But when he grasped the fact that I was not Charles, he became quite amiable, not to say effusive. He dragged me through into the sitting room, and poured me out a drink that would have lifted the roof off if I'd touched it. It consisted chiefly of brandy and absinthe. Now I don't draw the line at many things, but I do draw it at Adsanth, just as I do at jazz, thick ankles and fish, so I gave this precious cocktail a miss. He didn't. He quaffed his in about two goes and mixed himself another. When he'd necked that, he said, Now I play to you, and he went to a sort of baby's coffin on four legs and produced a fiddle. He played steadily, or rather unsteadily, for three quarters of an hour, and very wonderful it was too especially when he had hold of the right end of the bow. By this time it was after one, and I was trying to think of an excuse to get away, but it was a little bit difficult. He was just in that state that if anything upset him, he would probably turn exceedingly nasty. If I got up to go, he might make out that I didn't like his playing and cut up rough, and she'd get the full benefit after I'd gone. It was a service flat, and no servant sleeping in it. Then again, you can hardly tell a man in his own home that he mustn't have any more to drink when you're a complete stranger and he's doing his best to entertain you. At least one could, I suppose, if his wife gave one any kind of lead. But she didn't. She just lay back in her chair with her eyes half shut and watched him. I know it sounds callous, but I thought, if he has one more of those poisonous drinks, he's bound to knock him endways and then it'll be a case of helping her put him to bed and slipping quietly away. Well, he had another, and about two minutes afterwards nature took a revenge. He suddenly went chalk white, dropped his bow and fiddle, and crumpled up in a heap on the floor. I thought, no well, that's that. Fortunately it was a thick carpet and the fiddle wasn't hurt. I put it back in its case. It was an Amati then went to him and straightened him out a bit. Mrs. Javorsky got up out of her chair and knelt by him too. 
He struck me that he was looking pretty rotten, and I asked her, I said, is he often taken like this? She said, oh yes, fairly often. He'll be all right in the morning. He better have one of his capsules. So she went and got one, and we broke it in a handkerchief and held it under his nose. There was a perfectly frantic smell of pear drops, which told me that it was amyl nitrate. I only knew it because I once used to stick a patch of celluloid on an old accumulator. It makes you crimson in the face and gives you a beastly headache if you breathe much of it. However, it didn't seem to be having the slightest effect on Javorsky. His face was still dead white at the end of several minutes. I said, that's no good. What's the next move? So she produced a medicine glass from the next room with a little liquid in it. I happened to notice that there was distinctly more in the glass than the ordinary dose of...